Well, I don't know about you, but I think that's one of the most helpful uh, instructional videos I've seen to help us understand social distancing. So good to see your faces this morning. And even though we're uh, still got masks on, uh, we're one step closer to being where the Lord wants us to be in terms of uh, relationships and people together in the church. So thank you so much for coming this morning. Do you know which day it is today? Pentecost Sunday. Pastor Mark tipped you off earlier. It is indeed Pentecost Sunday. And you know, a couple of years ago, we did a series as a church family uh, using a title by uh, Pastor Francis Chan that was called The Forgotten God. And it was all about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Well, this morning, I don't want us to forget about the vital ministry of the Holy Spirit because today is Pentecost Sunday. Today is the birthday of the church. Did you realize the birthday of the church was the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out? So take a moment and just say to your neighbor, happy birthday because it's the birthday of the church. Go ahead and say even through your mass and you can say online, happy birthday to your loved ones. If you do the math, today is the church's, our church's 1,990th birthday. Nine, because uh, all of the data seems to be that Jesus was crucified, rose from the dead in 30 AD, and the day of Pentecost was 50 days after his resurrection, and so that would make it 1990, uh, 1990, 1,990 birthdays since that historical event recorded in Acts chapter 2. So what we want to do this morning is to honor the Holy Spirit and lay hold of his ministry in our lives in uh, uh, an encouraging, uh, fuller way in, in every way because the Holy Spirit was given by Jesus to strengthen us, to be, in a real sense, the energizer of our Christian life. He is like the engine, although the, the engine is mechanical and he's not mechanical, he's a person, but the Holy Spirit was given to us by Jesus to strengthen us, to help us in every circumstance in life. So we're going to honor him this morning and encourage one another in terms of laying hold of the Holy Spirit's ministry in our life. And we're going to, in some ways, just scratch the surface, but I hope you'll leave this morning encouraged by the Holy Spirit's presence and his power at work in you. So if you haven't, well, we don't have sermon notes this morning, but it'll pop up on your screen, or here's even more reason for you if you haven't downloaded our church app. Uh, Kainoa has set it up where you can get our church uh, notes on your church app. So you can just open it up on your, your phone or your iPad or whatever, uh, or you can follow along this morning and online with the uh, notes. But Jesus himself told his disciples before he left that he was going to send the Holy Spirit and it was for their advantage. It was going to be even better for them that the Holy Spirit would be given to, to uh, each follower. So in terms of your notes, it says this. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now, what's he speaking of? He's speaking of his death, his resurrection, and then his ascension. And he says, it is better that it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper... And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways to understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit is just look at all the different versions and how they interpret that word. It's the Greek word, paraclete. The one who comes alongside to strengthen. 
the one who comes alongside to encourage, to comfort, to counsel. All of these different ministries are involved with the, the person of the Holy Spirit. He's the advocate, the one who stands in your corner, who's for you. The counselor, he'll give you wisdom, he'll give you insight. The comforter, he'll encourage you and strengthen you. The divine encourager, or some trans paraphrases call him the friend because he's personal and he's there for you in a friendship way. Those are all great ways uh, to describe the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says uh, that he will only come, he will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus himself was going to send the Holy Spirit to be our helper in every situation in life. And can I just remind you that when, you, when we think about the Holy Spirit, that he's a person, he's not just a force, he's not just an influence, He's not a created being. He is fully God. He is uh, one of the, the full members of the triune God. One God, three persons. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, I'm going to send you the, the third person of, of, the, of the triune God, and he is going to indwell you. Because look at that other verse in John chapter 14. The Holy Spirit is the person of God indwelling us, dwelling personally in us. Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, another of the same kind. Just like Jesus, he's going to be fully God. And the, uh, the Greek word there means another of the same kind as Jesus. And so Holy Spirit is fully God, fully personal. And catch what he says about this. He's going to come and live within you. And he says, another advocate again to help you, to strengthen you in every circumstance in life and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you, disciples, know him. How did they know him? Because the, the spirit had come upon Jesus in his earthly ministry and he'd been with them in the person of Jesus as Jesus himself was filled and governed and led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came upon him in his ministry. He says, you've seen the Spirit, but now he will be, catch this, in you. For he lives with you, but he will be in you. And that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit was poured out upon every believer. And a whole new church age and a whole new uh, influence of God on earth as the Holy Spirit was given in personal form. And that's the birthright of every believer. That you were sealed by the Holy Spirit when you come to faith in Jesus Christ. What I want us to look at in our time this morning is just four ways in which the Holy Spirit helps us. He was given by Jesus to strengthen us, to help us in every circumstance in life. I want to look at four ways in which we how the Holy Spirit will help us. Number one, he strengthens us in every circumstance. In every circumstance, you can look to the Holy Spirit, you can trust him, you can rely on him, you can invite him, to be your strength, to be your encourager, to give you that inner strength. And, and just one of the passages that speaks of this, perhaps the best well-known, is the fruit of the Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit produce in your life and in my life? He produces that inner love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, whatever you need in that your given situation. Goodness, self-control, all of these virtues, all of these attributes, he will strengthen you in, in every circumstance in life. 
And can I just encourage you this morning that he will strengthen you in the worst circumstances, the most difficult circumstances. And yes, this uh, virus, this pandemic has been humbug, but um, honestly, uh, the, even with the disruptions we've had, there are much more worse things that happen in life. And he will strengthen us in, in your most difficult circumstances. I thought of two of my most painful circumstances in life and how the Holy Spirit strengthened me. He reinforced me in my inner person. One was the loss of my sister Sheila, which was far worse than any pandemic, 30 years old, and um, a young mom uh, raising her kids. She and her husband served the Lord, and my sister at 30 years old, she's driving on a country road, and this 16-year-old boy who doesn't have a driver's license and shouldn't have been on the road, and he's speeding in a truck, and he comes flying around the corner and into, swerves into her lane and crushes the life out of her. And it's just so senseless, and it's so uh, painful to lose a loved one, and especially when she, le you know, uh, she left three young children. Sarah's one years old. Seth is three years old. Uh, Jess is five years old. They don't have a mom. John's lost the love of his life. And, 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 and it just didn't make any sense. And it was deeply painful. And um, as I worked that through and I, I had faith in God, God, you have all power in the universe. You created the universe. Couldn't you just have stopped that truck from hitting Sheila's car? And God, you're all love. <laughs> and, and yet in your love... Um, why would you allow this to happen where these young kids would lose their mom? It just made no sense. And I was hurting and I was angry and I was in pain. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, uh, Rick, think about Jesus on the cross. And I've never heard the Holy Spirit in an audible voice, but he spoke very clearly to me. He said, look at Jesus on the cross. Because it didn't make any sense to me. He says, when, when you see Jesus on the cross, you see the most perfect the most loving, the only good man who's ever lived without sin, and he's being tortured to death. How does that make any sense? How does it make any sense that the most loving, good man who's ever existed is being tortured to death? It doesn't make any sense, and it isn't right. And yet, I started to realize, you know what? God had a purpose in that. He had a purpose because, did Jesus have all power? Absolutely. He could have destroyed those who were torturing him to death. But because he's all love, he hung there on the cross and he paid the price for my sins. And so even though I don't understand, and I still today don't understand um, why God allowed that to happen to my sister, in that painful experience, the Holy Spirit comforted me. And he gave me a peace that passes all understanding. There are times where we don't understand uh, why these evil things happen. And yet he will give us a peace that passes all understanding and we can have confidence that God is absolutely powerful and he's absolutely loving at the same time. Think of that difficult experience. I think of another difficult experience I had uh, where the Holy Spirit helped me to forgive. And I don't know about you. Actually, I do know about you because we're all the same thing. But forgiveness is not easy. When someone really hurts you, and especially if they hurt you deeply, forgiveness is not easy. And uh, I thought of... One experience I had, it was a number of years ago, but one of the most painful experiences, it was actually an experience of betrayal, of, of a man I trusted, a man I considered a friend, a man I confided in, and went behind my back and did me great harm, uh, bore false witness about me, 
hurt me and my family financially. It was a terrible, terrible experience. And I was angry. And I was, God, why would you let this happen? And uh, why would you allow, and, and I, I was struggling in my spirit to forgive this man who was incredibly corrupt, I discovered. But I didn't know that at the start. And as I worked through that, I realized as a preacher, I have to try and practice what I preach, that we forgive everyone, no matter what the wrong is that they've done against us. And maybe you can identify with not just someone who, who hurt you, but someone who betrayed you, someone you trusted, someone you cared for, someone you considered a friend, going by, it's Jesus and the Judas thing. There's a pain involved with that that's deeply hurtful. And yet the Holy Spirit, I remember speaking to me again, not audibly, but he, he spoke to me in my spirit and he said, uh, Rick, what's my purpose for your life? That was his question. Well, I could pass that test. I'd study the Bible. I, I know, Holy Spirit, your purpose for my life is to make me like Jesus, that, to conform me into the image of your son, to produce the maturity of Jesus in my life and the beauty of Jesus in my life. That's your ultimate purpose in my life. So I understood that. And then the Holy Spirit asked me another piercing question. He said, Rick, who's the best forgiver you know? Who's the best forgiver? I thought, well, that's, that's Jesus who suffered for the sins of the world on the cross and said, Father, forgive them and forgive Rick for all of his sins. And then I realized the Holy Spirit was leading me to the point of realizing that and he said to me, Rick, if, if my purpose is to make you like Jesus, don't you think I'll allow certain things into your life so that you can experience giving forgiveness at a deeper level because that will make you more like Jesus? And then it made sense. I didn't like it. It wasn't easy. But I said, okay, God, just as you have forgiven me an ocean full, I will forgive this man a bucket full. And um, he helped me. He strengthened me. He, he helped me to forgive when, quite frankly, I didn't want to forgive. I wanted to be angry. I wanted to retaliate. I wanted to get back. And, and Jesus said, no, I want to set you free from that, Rick. And, and the Holy Spirit strengthened me to forgive. Those are two of the worst experiences I've had in my life, but the Holy Spirit will show up in every circumstance in your life, and he will whisper to you, and he will encourage you, and he will strengthen you, and he will reinforce you from the inside out. That's one major way in which the Holy Spirit helps us. He will strengthen you in every circumstance, but there's a second way. I think this is one of the most underrated ways. He will move you into a whole new world of relationships. He will move you into a whole new uh, world of relationships and service. Do you realize that when you trust Jesus Christ, the, the passage is there in, in your notes, he baptizes you into the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. So that when you trust Jesus, you automatically get birthed into the church family. Boy, that's a word our, our generation needs to hear because we're so individualistic and there's so many Christians that think, well, the church is sort of an option and the church is something nice I do, but it's faith in... No, it's vitally connected, your personal faith in Jesus and being part of a loving, serving church community. And it's the Holy Spirit's work. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. The church was given birth, this community of relationships and love and service and mission and so much of the Holy Spirit's ministry comes through the ministry of the local church in one another's lives. And uh, I discovered that. You say, well, you expect a pastor to preach about that. I discovered this truth years before I was a pastor. 
I discovered it when I was a young adult, when I, when I didn't have to go to church because I wasn't living with my parents anymore, but I chose to go to church. And by God's goodness, as a young adult, I was part of a thriving church community, and I tasted of this huge blessing of the Holy Spirit of being involved in relationships and service and mission and impact in the world. And so much of the Holy Spirit's ministry through that. I, I uh, was a young adult and, and uh, had wonderful, deep relationships with other young adults that were even stronger. And I was playing football at the time. I was a college athlete. But, and we had big, you know, if you played sports, you have real bonds with athletes. Play, but, but nothing like that in terms of relationships of young adults together in Christ. But it wasn't just my age group um, we got involved in, in uh, small groups at that point, and, and I had relationships with young families and, and middle-aged families and their kids, and even seniors, even grandparents were part of that, and there were dear church family members, and, and people cared for each other, and people loved for e- and people served each other, and I stumbled upon my spiritual gifts, that the Holy Spirit had given me spiritual gifts to minister to the body, to help carry out the mission, and, and we were impacting the world. People were going out on missions, and people were being called into service, and, and all of that was life, and it was vitality, and it was, and it was all the Holy Spirit moving through the church family, the church community, and that's what I love about New Hope Kailua. We're the same way. We've got young adults, and we've got families with young kids, and we've got middle-aged kids graduating from high school. We've got Kapuna, who are many of them staying at home this morning, as we're glad they are to, for their health and, and safety, but This generational relationship, people caring for one another, serving one another, impacting the world for Jesus, it's a beautiful thing. And there's been so much joy and life. In fact, as I look back on my life, my best relationships in life have been through the church family. And uh, so many blessings with that that the Holy Spirit wants to pour out. This whole world of blessings. And he will strengthen and encourage and bless and help us in our church family relationships. Third thing. He guides me into God's goodwill. The Holy Spirit will help you by guiding you in life. He's that indwelling presence of God. And whether little decisions or huge decisions, He will show you God's path into His goodwill for your life. If you have ears to hear, if you sense His presence, if you seek His presence, He will faithfully lead you and guide you. And as I thought about this uh, in my own life, Uh, Oh, well, the example in your scriptures, just one example, the Apostle Paul, it's really cool in Acts chapter 16, he's out there preaching the gospel and the Holy Spirit says twice, don't go here, don't go there, go here, and he's leading him and guiding him and ultimately gives him a vision of this guy, uh, Macedonian, a Greek man, calling him for help and through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he goes to Philippi and he leads Lydia to faith in Christ and the first church in Europe is modern-day Europe is started because Paul was guided by the Holy Spirit into that ministry. And um, it's just an example of us seeking his leading in our decisions, in our directions in life as well. Little things, big things. One of the best things I ever did was listen to the Holy Spirit when he called me to leave Calgary, Alberta, which was my hometown. And some of you know my story. I was 26 years old. I was established in my career, my life. I was a I was a, a high school football coach. At, at 22 years old, I, I was coaching a varsity football team, and I'd been mentored by, some of you guys will appreciate this name, the Cal Lee of Calgary, Alberta was my football mentor. And I, at 24, 22 years old, I was, um, 
a head football coach of a varsity program and uh, in a great school and, and had my career and serving in the church and my life was set. And then the Holy Spirit said, Rick, take your love for coaching and take your love for teaching and follow me. And I, I didn't know what that was going to mean, but it, it meant leaving Calgary and my hometown, my career, everything I knew, and going to... It was kind of like my Abraham experience where God said to Abraham, go to a distant land and I'll show you when you get there. That was my experience. And I, I said, I'm... I'm, I'm I'll follow. So I went to a place that was worse than the Canaanites. It was called Dallas, Texas. I'm just kidding. Dallas is a great city. I hear, yay, Dallas. But just like Abram was called to go to the land of Canaan, I went to a whole new city, didn't know a soul. Nobody there knew me. But I was preparing to serve God with coaching, teaching. I thought initially it was missions. It ended up being pastoring in a church, but I didn't know that when I went. I just followed. And I said, Lord, I'm willing for you to to build into my life or whatever you have for in the future. But here's one thing that was huge with that. I was 26 years old when I um, left Calgary for Dallas, and I wanted to be married. Like many young people, I, as single people, I'd been blessed with a mom and a dad uh, who loved each other, loved their kids, and had, had a, uh, a joyful, happy uh, family background, and I, I wanted to have a family. And uh, i got to stop right here and say, by the way, um, Justin and... Justin and Kristen just got engaged this last week. Stand up, guys. We want to give you a hand. A great example of following the Holy Spirit, and God is blessing them. And uh, we're blessed to have them part of our church family. I just heard that last week. Excited. So here, here's what happened. I'm 26 years old. I wanted to be married. And I said to God, I'll go to Dallas, and I'm going to study. It was a four-year program. And um, it was only men uh, that were in the program. So I said, I'm going to study. I'll learn Greek and Hebrew and theology and church history and everything you want for me for my future. And I'll lock myself in a library. And I said to him, I'll trust you that when I'm 30, when I graduate, that you'll bring a woman into my life. And, and I said, Holy Spirit, as I follow you, I'm going to trust you with my family life. Young, young adults, that's the second most important decision you can make in your life. The first important decision is to trust Jesus because that's eternal. Second most important decision is, is who you marry. Um, and and you, want to, you want to follow the Holy Spirit with that in a full sense. So that was me. That was a great best decision. Second best decision I made. I said, I'll trust you. I get to Dallas, Texas, and I, there I'm in a school with 1,500 men and 12 women. They just started letting women in the program. I didn't even know about it. And uh, one of those women happened to be a, a woman named Martha. Uh, and I noticed her because, you know, when there's 1,500 men and 12 women, you notice all the women, but I particularly noticed her. But here's what happened. I didn't even have a conversation with her until two months into the term, and I saw her at a missions conference. It wasn't even a seminary event. It was a missions conference at a church, but I'd seen her at school, so I recognized her, and I, I uh, pulled my great line. I walked up to the water cooler, and I said, uh, oh, a familiar face, or something like that, kind of like, I've seen you at school. We're both students at Dallas Seminary, and started chatting, and... and uh, and I found out she was going to a breakout session in China. And so I thought, I'm going to follow her to China. And so I was strategic and, and went to the same breakout session. And she had a group of friends there. And they said, hey, why don't you join us for coffee afterwards? I went home that night. And uh, I didn't sleep all night. And that's not like me. I think that's probably, it's definitely the only time it's ever happened in my life. Where I went all night without sleeping. And uh, something was stirring. I found out later, Martha went home and told her roommate she met the man she was going to marry. And uh, it was just a God connection, but as I trusted him 
and followed the Holy Spirit. I met Martha. I graduated from seminary with a wife, a wonderful wife, a kindred spirit. Two sons had been born. Baby Mark was on his way, and God just blessed our socks off in my family life. And as I followed the leading of the Holy Spirit in my life, he led me into the best gifts, my wife and my family. And uh, he will do the same thing with you in your career, in your relationships. And all of us have made some decisions we may regret, but you know what? He's the God of all grace, and he'll take us where we are, and he'll lead us, and he'll guide us, and he'll show us his favor and his blessing in the future. So that's a huge way in which the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us and show us his favor and his blessing. Number four, he affirms my identity. <laughs> Look at this verse. It's a beautiful verse. God sent the Holy Spirit of Jesus, his son, into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, this is who I am. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. And part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit who helps us and strengthens us is he will continually remind you, and maybe you need to be reminded this morning of who you are. You're a richly, deeply loved daughter of God. You're a wonderfully loved son, small s, of the living God. And that's who you are. That's your identity. And the Holy Spirit will remind you of that. And because guess what? We all do this. We tend to identify, get our identity from the wrong things. We might get our identity, men, this is classic, from our work. What we do is who we are. No, what you do is not who you are. Or uh, for women, it might be our relationships. I'm a, I'm a mom or I'm in this or that. And, and you know what? Those are wonderful things, but that's not who you are. I thought about my own mom this last week. She's lived over 30 years of her life as a widow. And yet she had a deep, loving connection with my dad. But for a third of her life, she's been alone. And her identity isn't as a wife. Her identity is as a loved daughter of the king. And yes, the Holy Spirit reminded me of this in quite a powerful way just a few months ago. Because as you know, I, I came to the point where I needed back surgery, where I had to preach a couple of times out of wheelchair because my legs wouldn't support, uh, the, the, uh, there was a thing in my back where my legs wouldn't support the weight of my body and needed back surgery, came out of that. Three weeks I'm recovering from back surgery and I get this really nasty blood clot that goes all the way up my leg into my pelvis. And the doctor's prescription was you need to be flat on your back for six weeks. Six weeks. Only get up to go to the bathroom, only get up to have a meal, but that blood clot has to dissipate, and the best way for that to happen, blood flow, because it goes into your pelvis, can't even sit down and cut off the blood flow flat on your back. So literally for six weeks, and I'm talking to God and saying, God, I don't like this. Um, and I realize the Holy Spirit saying to me, Rick, you don't identify yourself by your work. <laughs> because I was saying to do that. And, and I like working hard. I like being productive. I like getting things done. But guess what? When you're flat on your back, you can't get very many things done. And the Holy Spirit was saying, no, don't, don't, this is not who you are, Rick. It's not about what you get done. It's not about you being a preacher as much as I, I love to preach. I couldn't preach for a number of weeks until the doctor said, okay, you can get up and preach, but then you've got to go back and lie down on your back. Get what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit was saying to me, Rick, this is who you are. You're a deeply loved son of the living God. You're a deeply loved daughter. That's your identity. It's not what you do. It's not what you can accomplish. It's not how much money you have or what your uh, professional portfolio is. Your identity is Abba, Father, that you're a deeply loved child of God. 
And these ways and many others the Holy Spirit has given us to help us in every circumstance in life, to guide us, to bless us, to help us. And uh, I want to encourage you this morning, wherever you're at, lay hold of the Holy Spirit. He is God's personal presence and gift to you to strengthen you in your circumstances. Yes, in the circumstances of the pandemic. Yes, in your career. Yes, in your family. Yes, in your relationships. Yes, in your future. He is given to help us and he's given to bless us, to bring God's life into our life. And, you know, I think it was wonderful. We sang earlier that our, our wonderful uh, church uh, worship team led us in singing that blessing that comes out of Numbers chapter 6, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord turn his face upon you and be gracious to you, to generations and generations and generations because that's who he is. He's faithful and he's eternal. Go in the favor, the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a great week. See you again next Sunday.